Today, we're talking about the things inside of an accounting firm that make it run better. And when you have them and they're working, your accounting practice operates consistently and efficiently. Is it the people? No, we know better than that. Us people are always breaking things. Can't be people. Is it the tech? No, not really. You know, all those shiny new toys that we sometimes get excited about occasionally deliver on their promises and they're usually pretty damn expensive. So what is this magic glue that holds everything together? It's the processes. So we're going to dig in into how to create processes within your firm that will make life better for you and your team and your clients. And luckily, we today have the queen of processes here, the one and only Patty Scharf. Before we intro her, I'm your host, Kenji, as usual, along with my trusty co-host, there's Matthew. And Matthew, who is our sponsor here today? Today's episode of Drink While You Think is brought to you by Bridging the Gap. It's the Unique CPA's third annual conference coming August 29th and 30th in Chicago. Join a star-studded group of panelists and speakers and the most unique CPAs in the business in Chicago in August. The Unique CPA Conference. It's going to be good, Randy. Randy Crabtree, we're excited to be up there with you. It's going to be good. It's going to be some good conversations about generations of accounting firms kind of all together. That's the gap we're bridging. That's one of the gaps. Kind of cool. Anyway, thanks, Randy. You'll see we're going to drink some more of your beer. But first and most importantly, Patty's here. So Patty, introduce yourself and tell us what you're drinking today. Okay. I am Patty Scharf, CPA co-founder of Catching Clouds that's now Acuity. So, you know... (laughs) Not quite sure how to do that intro anymore. Um, <laughs> You're <hello>. doing fine. <laughs> and I am drinking from Lagunitas Brewing Company, a little something something. Um, this is courtesy of Nicole Davis, who sent me a nice little gift card for no reason whatsoever. And so I want to thank her for sponsoring my beer. Um I just kind of went online and said, which of these sounds interesting? And we will find out. What Nicole it, what was awesome. It? Thank you, Nicole Davis. Oh, and, look- and I'm pouring it into my new Acuity glass. Ooh, look at that. I, I feel cool. like the promo slide. You know that initial slide? Yeah, that, that, might, that might make it on there now, Patty. I like that pour. Yeah. That was solid. Thank you, Nicole. And that's a good beer. We've had that on here before. I like a little something, something there. Matthew, your turn. What you got? Yeah. I'm drinking a Hublon Schoof, if I said it right, Kenji. But uh, my favorite part, it's a nine percenter. There you go. <laughs> Gotta love that. So It's a nine, Friday. It's, it's time a Friday. for a nine percenter. Well, I'm drinking, this is from Randy Crabtree, the Bow Dam. It's got a cool like volcano and lava stuff, even though it's a Chicago beer. So I'm not sure why they're showing a uh, volcano. Uh, it's an IPA. It's a nice, I think, 6.7 percenter, but it's a big one. It's a 16 ounce. So... We're definitely getting into Friday. We are doing this here on uh, Cinco de Mayo, which I believe is not really something that people of Mexican heritage celebrate that much. Is, is that just kind of us gringos who just kind of find an excuse it's to pretty, pretty much a it's a pretty much a border holiday? Like, yeah, sixteenth of September is the real one. Like, it, it's, it's a beer know. holiday, is what it is. <laughs> it is. Cinco de Mayo is a U.S. beer holiday. If you want to get a true Mexican holiday, you got to go 16 de septiembre, dude. You got to do that. Go. 
16. Cheers, friends. Glad everybody's here. Cheers. Ooh. Cheers. Okay. Okay, Patty. So I was doing a little research today. Uh-oh. And That's on LinkedIn. Scary. On LinkedIn, it is scary when I research. On LinkedIn. And I went into the advanced search on LinkedIn and just tried to search through LinkedIn for people with the chief process officer title. And there's like nobody except you. You're you're it. You are it. So yeah. how how have you been like, how have you been describing that to people? Like how the hell what what <laughs> chief process officer like have you have you found a good way to tell people what that is? Well, you know, well, okay. So first of all, kudos to Matthew for coming up with that name. Cause as soon as he was like chief process officer, I was like, yes, that is perfect. Um you know, it's funny when I describe it to people, either I just say what the title is and everyone goes, oh, yes, of course, that's amazing because they instantly know what it is. Or they look at me like, what? Like, I have no idea. And I, I guess I just kind of say when it comes to processes in a firm and it's not all automation and things like that. I think a lot of people think that's true and it has a component to automation, but process is just how you get from point A to point Z in a company. And I just make sure we do it as cleanly and efficiently as possible. Oh, that's a great, that is awesome. I'm, I'm using that one, the point A to point Z, making sure we get there as efficiently, cleanly as possible. That's a great, that's a great description. Without um, getting stuck at M. Yeah, or M. Or I used to get stuck at B. On the way to Z, I'd get stuck at B. I was like, I don't even get out of A half the time. Well, um, and I, I would say describing it <laughs> sounds really easy and straightforward. Actually doing it is a whole other Oprah because you've got people who are involved in the process. And that's always what happens. We're going to talk about that a little bit later about the people side of it. So I know that's the area you're you're gonna be talking about pretty soon too, Patty, at a conference. Um yeah. So it, it kind of harkened back when you're talking about Matthew coming up with the name. It reminded me of when, you know, we came together, when Acuity and Catching Clouds came together and we talked about this. And I remember you kind of telling us, I don't know if I get this exactly right, but something of the essence of like, what I would just really love to do going forward is just like hunker down and just build great processes. Like that just sounds so appealing to me. Um, what? Why is that? Have you always been that way? Like, what is what is enticing about that? Like, to me, I'm like, it sounds frightening and scary, but that you were just like, you saw this vision of what you wanted to do very clearly. Well, I'll tell you, um, when you ask if I was always like that, like, I never knew what I wanted to do or be when I was a kid. Like, I just wanted to do all the things and be all the things. But I do have a strong memory of my first real job out of college. I was a receptionist, but I would just go to whatever they needed me to do. So one of the things they needed me to do was to build a proper AP system and a proper AR system. And I don't even know why they gave this to me. I think just because it nobody else wanted to do it. Our, our company was really small, so it was small business thing. But as I did that, and then like I moved on to payroll, I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And that's like the impetus for everything I do is there's got to be a better way. And that is ingrained in who I am and what I'm doing. 
And I've always been kind of a roll up my sleeves kind of person. And um, so when it came to building a payroll thing, this is back in the olden days, right? Where people barely were touching software, like paychecks (laughs) and ADP were brand spanking new in the world. And um, I picked up Microsoft Access and was like, let me see if I can figure out how to make a database. And I built a database to keep track of our massive turnover. We had um, we had a horse ranch where we had lots of different people who were coming in and out of there. And we had to keep track of all of their paperwork and all of that stuff. And so I just taught myself how to build a database. And that kind of kicked that all off. Kicked it all off. Yeah. Matthew, how many times have we, in almost two years of working with Patty, heard her say, there's got to be a better way of doing this. There's, there, well, yeah. Anything that I'm doing, there's got to be a better way of doing. <laughs> well, I mean that that was, that was honestly <laughs> one of the things. It was one of the huge things when we were like coming together. We talked about that openly. Like we really struggled with processes. We still do in many regards, and we'll get into that too. But like we struggled with that on processes, and so hearing that, I think we were trying not to get a little too giddy when we were like in the early parts of talking about, could this happen? We're like, do you, do you hear what she just said? She really likes processes and she likes to fix things. And I think you and I were both like, okay, don't, you know, don't get too excited. But then we were pretty excited. But it was such a perfect fit, right? <laughs> it was. You guys was are, really do all the stuff that I'm like, could I just sit in a back corner and not interact with people? And I mean, <laughs> that's not realistic. I interact with people all day. Every you day. do. You do. But... <laughs> But even so, like I, I like just being able to sit down and concentrate and think things through deeply from point A to point Z, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, you definitely do that. Um, well, you gave a good example uh, of kind of early on in the early days of, you know, your career. Um, what are, are, are there, I guess, maybe thinking about some of the early processes you built um, in catching clouds, like, are there any particular ones that come to mind when you were kind of like light bulbs of like, Oh my gosh, we just saved a ton of time or made people's lives better. There's some ones you can think of that were like kind of light bulb moments for you. Once you moved over to running your own practice. There are like a hundred of them, but Mm. I think probably the biggest push was 2016. We we had like, I don't know, six people on our team or something like that. And we hired 16 people that year. And so I was building the training and doing the training and doing the hiring and all of that stuff. And I just needed a better way to, to train people that I didn't have to hold their hand through the process so much. So um, I actually found um, actually, no, 2016, I would not have used Process Street. I would have used, um, I think I probably started on Teachable or something like that, yeah. where I was just walking people through the process without having to be a human walking them through. And it just, it made that whole onboarding experience so much faster and easier. Yeah. It's probably yeah. one of them. The, I think the, the most pivotal was in 2019. Scott and I had gone to New Zealand and Australia for five months, just see how the business was going to run without us and realized, 
oh, wow, (laughs) we have some work to do. And so when we came back, we had discovered Process like almost at the exact same time, Process Street, Airtable, and Zapier. And the combination of those three things just fundamentally changed Catching Clouds for the better. Yeah. What about the, I was going to ask that about, I want to jump ahead a little bit to the tools and things like what, what about those? Had you, I think I've heard a story before that you looked at, you'd looked at some of those before and didn't like earlier iterations yeah. even of them. But like when you went back, like those have kind of been, you know, cornerstones, I think of tools you've used from a process standpoint, like what, what about them to you? Yeah. You I'd know? say, I'd say Zapier was one of those that like, once I heard about it, I wanted to use it, but I just didn't have time to dive into it. Um, unlike Process Street and Airtable, I heard of them early on, but when I looked at them, they just weren't quite ready for prime time. I, I distinctly remember Airtable as being one of those. Yeah. And then in roughly 2019, I heard everybody talking about Airtable. And I was like, what is the big deal about Airtable? Like, why, did, why is everybody so excited about that? And then I dug in and, you know, four weeks later, I know more about Airtable than anybody else has ever, <laughs> you know, I just like. You did a deep extra. dive. You did, you did a quintessential deep patty deep dive on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. but the power of. Airtable and Process Street is the glue of Zapier to move information back and forth so that you really have kind of a single source of truth and blah, 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 all the jargony things that I like to yeah. say all the time. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I guess that's a good use case. You think about it of like where, okay, you and Scott actually put yourself in a position where like we want to go take kind of a once in a lifetime, or maybe I hope you had once, maybe you do a bunch of these, but like a, a taking out the business, you had five months stepping out, you know, and you're still involved, but like, yeah, you're on the other side of the world. How is the thing going to run consistently if you're not there and you're not going to put people in necessarily to go step in your places. And so that's a great mindset. I don't know that everyone can go do that. I mean, if your recommendation would be to affirm one of like, Hey, why don't you just go take half the year off and go see how it works. Or before, if you want to do that before you do, You've got to go figure out the things that you can, some of them automate, but also make really consistent so that when Patty's not there to help onboard somebody, they're going to get the same experience that anybody else would have who, while Patty was here, they get the same flow of work. They get the same steps forward. It's an interesting concept there. I, I would say though, like what we thought was going to happen, like, yes, we needed to fix all of the systems and tools and make things a little bit more functional. But like we knew we were leaving on this trip a year in advance. So we thought we had put everything into place. Actually, the biggest thing that was missing was culture. When I I totally underestimated the amount of impact that Scott and I Mm -hmm. had on the culture of the firm. And when we weren't there, just People went off the rails. It was crazy. Yeah. It's it's hard to, I would say, it's got to be hard to say that a process can can make culture. We're doing a little bit of an experiment with that. You know, we've talked about this before of we're not outsourcing our culture to the B Corp world, but there's an aspect of that where we said, you know what, that does the B Corp methodology we've talked about in earlier episodes, does align pretty closely with kind of some of our, our values and beliefs of how you treat people, 
our impact in communities and things like that. We felt like that's a helpful way to kind of keep some guardrails on. But yeah, otherwise, I don't think it takes the place of who we are as you know founders and people who other team members care about for sure. So yeah. I don't think you're right. That's not really the intent of a process to probably solve for culture. But and you know. and I and I also kind of say that because a lot of people think that processes are very robotic. You know, you put this in. In fact, I remember you guys asking you're you were when we were talking about merging. And you were like, well, how do you get them to like follow these things? And I'm like, well, we don't. I mean, we, we sort of make them, but we just play to their human nature and we just make it something that helps them. You know, we make them the customers so that they know who we are, what's expected of them. Like there's a whole, there, there are I, I layers and I, layers and layers yeah. of thought and intention that go behind building really great processes. I think you're right. And this may be a good question for all of us. I'll throw this one over to Matthew as well, too. It makes me think about, like, we have a, a mission that kind of our processes are there to make acuity easier to use, you know, for, for team members. What that means kind of outside of acuity jargon is we're just trying to make this a place where when accountants come and do accounting work, they have these really helpful roadmaps, A to Z, that make their work easier to do here, better for them, brings them, I don't know about joy, but like helps them out, right? Uh, but there's also, and so that's one aspect of process, but I've also seen processes too that do have little like nuggets of joy. And I'm like, I, I still get like, I mean, I get a kick out of when I see the little pig and Gusta who's like, hey, you're getting paid today. I'm like, oh, cool. You know I mean? It's a silly little thing, but it's, it's an automated process. You can't interact, inject some things into to bring people a little bit of that. I've seen you do that in many places with, you know, Giphy's and things like that, you know, where in some of our processes, Matthew, are there any processes that bring you joy that you like, Ooh, when this thing runs or, you know, the end, what, what's, what's an example of process that gets you excited? Well, that brings me joy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to Patty's point about not being completely robotic all you know, time. Yes, that's a lot of that. But like, <clears throat> oh, when this kicks off or I get this alert or. Every oh, process me brings me joy because like, I feel like that means that there's one thing that's more sustainable. Right. Um, yeah. Like even when we did the. like, um, So we do that. We have a couple of core processes that, you know, just like help at the end of the year when you're like thinking all the things you have to do to prep for tax for your clients which you only do once a year like that has to be more detailed and prescriptive and like like uh and going through that i did go through that checklist this year uh, for one of our clients and like was going through it and it was just really helpful like i i don't know i felt like we had done something that like like i'm gonna forget this thing right for my client if i don't go through this process so for, yeah. especially for these annual processes like even no matter how high level you are how many times you've done it like unless you're doing it like for the 50th time that year like you're just going to forget stuff so kind of that was the the one this year like of our processes that kind of gave me a little smile you know was like oh like i get this is work to go through this process and this workflow and this 
whatever you want to call it, checklist or whatever. But it was also like, oh, thank God I'm not missing this thing that I only do once a year. You know what I mean? You, you know, something to that effect, I've talked to Tyler, who's our head of sales here at Acuity, about is I've said this more, more and more recently as our processes have gotten better and better under Patty's leadership is I wish our clients or our prospects could kind of see a bit more of what our processes look like. We talk about them during the sales process, but sometimes <laughs> they you don't. Clients, like, they yeah, don't well, miss that. <laughs> well, the clients kind of go, well, exactly. They don't want to be in those things, but I think also they don't want to have to be in our process. That's where they're hiring us in the first place is to not do those processes. But, you know, in case you need a client, it's like, well, I don't know what you guys were doing. And you want to say, oh, we'll show you. Let's lay out to you. And I just think that's a tremendous asset. Like when you, you can visually see like what it is, all the steps, the the tool, the automation, the thoughtfulness that goes into laying that out. I think it's very powerful. And I've always thought like, I wouldn't want a client to live in that day in and day out. But like, you know, you should probably have one that we show like, hey, you'll never want to use this or be in it. But I want you to know this is what this is what you're actually getting. And this is something that we have taken the time to build to make sure we're doing that, right? I think it's an incredible asset that I think a lot of firms don't think about. Yeah, Pat. Okay, I've, I've got two two things. Yeah. Um, one is when you asked Matthew, I was wondering if you'd come up with this example of blending culture and process. In our month-end close process, when the bookkeepers and controllers go through it, there are questions in there. They don't have many questions. What they have is, how happy are you with this client? And how happy is this client with us from their perspective? And so that helps keep an eye on our culture and making sure that we are matching clients with happy people and vice versa. Right, right. The second thing I wanted to say is when we are onboarding clients, they do have a glimpse into the processes because we have a whole information request workflow that they have to go through and answer, hey, where do you have bank accounts? And they will choose Chase, Bank of America, Capital One, or whatever. And it will give them instructions for how to share limited access logins with our team. And the whole workflow customizes based on what they answer. And then they can upload information there. It tells them how to do the things. And so I think that they they do have a glimpse, even though they don't maybe see under the hood all the day-to-day right, stuff right. after onboarding. Right. I'd like yeah, to bring I, even I, more of that forward. I mean, in the sales process. I mean, I think just so they know that like this is not we're just giving it out to some people who work for us and everyone does it a different way. It is done in a very clear, thoughtful, methodical way. But I cut you off, Matthew. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I mean, when we're talking A to Z, like people don't really think about don't really know what that means. I guess the first aha moment, not the first aha moment, but one of the most extreme aha moments I had with process is when Patty was like, okay, we've established onboarding and I'm going to get this number wrong, but it's something order of magnitude is 165 steps, right? Order of magnitude, that's about right, right? That sounds right. 165 steps to get from A to Z. And it ended up being seven sub-processes, is that correct? Or six sub-processes? Yeah, something like that. That that have independent workflows that we've been able to identify with kind of 
patty baby and <laughs> through but the process and stuff like that. So it's just crazy to me that like, like that was an aha moment where like, oh, if you want to scale a firm for real, like I don't know how more firms don't have this chief process officer. I don't either. Yeah. So. Well, and then like once you've identified those 165 or whatever steps <laughs> and you've broken it out into these sub workflows, now you you go through the tasks and go, which of these should a human not be doing? And then you add in the automation and it's where Zapier comes in, um, where it's like, okay, Zapier can set up the Slack channels. Zapier can set up the Google groups. Zapier can set up like all these different things. And that is how you get your team to want to use the workflow because you're not missing steps and they're not having to do the things. It yeah, speeds right. yeah. up their involvement and it does the things that nobody actually likes doing. Yeah, you don't have to request, hey, can you set up this Google Drive for us in the same format that we set up every client? You just hit a button. Yep. And it's like, and it does it. Yeah. It's, it's, I will say, you know, thinking back about more things, processes that give me joy. And, you know, we're not doing show and tell here. It's uh, most people listen to us versus watch this. But if you could see inside these workflows that Patty builds in the tool we're currently using, Process Street. You'll see, you know, again, Matthew talked about these 165 steps. And you don't necessarily see that all at once. It's very thoughtful the way it breaks out. But there's this little lightning bolt. This lightning bolt that sits next to certain steps means it's an it's automated. It's completely automated and no one has yeah. to touch it. And when you see that, like how many lightning bolts, like I always get excited when I see all the lightning bolts inside of a process. You're like, oh, those are automatically doing things that people don't have to waste time and do, right? That to me is like a little one of those little like bursts of joy. Like, yes, we used to do all kinds of shuffling things around and someone emailed that person and sent it over here. Now the little lightning bolt is exciting. It's not just that, but it does it consistently, right? Like, it's not like there's no human error in it. There's does it consistently. Like everybody can expect the same result. Like there's a lot that comes with that too. And like, there's a ton. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just, a cool evolution of kind of where we had come, right? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely was. Um, you, we've kind of talked around them a little bit, but like maybe at a thirty thousand foot view, Patty, uh, maybe talk about some of the bigger like processes or bigger things you've been kind of working on here at Acuity to try to bring better processes to. We can. You know, we may or may not, depending on time, dig into them a little bit, like what we've done there. But like, what are some of the bigger ones that you're like, yep, we're trying to, you've had to be part of so far? Well, let me tell you the very first one, and this probably took six months to a year, <laughs> is just developing a single source of truth for information. Mm. So like I, I showed up and I was like, cool, give me a list of your fill in the blank here. It doesn't matter. Computers, team members, clients, whatever. Like <laughs> there were 1700 spreadsheets. None of them matched each other. A hundred people were keeping track of different things. And so even though like we had Salesforce, it wasn't <laughs> really, it was like the single source of truth with the big old asterisk on it. Right? <laughs> So, I mean, the biggest part, like if you're just starting to build your processes and things like that, you need to have some place where the truth lives. 
And then once you have that, then you can get started. Like you can't really automate until you have that because you need a place where information is going to be pulled from and where it's going to land when it's done. So some of the processes that we built after we had more of that is like client onboarding. We wanted people when they were becoming a client to have a nice, clean experience. We wanted them to answer questions once. So if you collected information when they signed the engagement letter, that gets sucked into Salesforce so that it lives there now. And when they get to the information request, we've already pre-populated all the things we've already asked for, and they can just fill in the blanks from there. Um, we've created client notebooks so that all the information that lives in Salesforce can be shared throughout the whole team without everybody having to have access to Salesforce. We've built um, employee onboarding. So kind of the same concept, just <laughs> when we bring team members on. We've built team offboarding. We've built client offboarding. We've built uh, workflows for the 1099 process the annual process. Mm -hmm. And it pulls in, mm -hmm. hey, what, what service did they sign up for? And people don't have to guess. They don't have to ping random people. They don't have to wonder who has that information because it just populates right into the workflow. We've built year-end checklist um, workflows for the tax team. We've built month-end close process for everybody. Um, we've built computer <laughs> tracking. So a database of all the different computers we have, and huh, who has them? Where are <laughs> and they? Where they are? <laughs> I, I think we're close on that. We can, yeah. <laughs> like the cleanup was hard on that one. Probably. Let's just the say the cleanup on yeah. all of them Let's has just, been really. Yeah, I, I know a few of those that were literally a a Google. I know. Sheet I know who I was in charge of. Uh, of uh, I know Kenji was in charge of tracking computers uh, before. Uh, uh, you guys came on, so like, uh, which means yeah, they so. could have been anywhere. They could have been on the moon. Who knows? I I will just say that I am in the right place. My <laughs> skills are being well used here. They are. They are, and um, they absolutely have been. And so it it has been, I think, fantastic having Patty here. You can hear all the different things we're working on. In fact, um, you know, I think I have one more question for you, but I'll say that we are. We, our vision actually for a while, we've all been very busy with a ton of things, has been to bring Patty on as a regular guest because we actually think this would be really, we know our friends, other firm owners listen to Drink What You Think is our predominant listening group. And that's, that. those are, you're our people. Literally, Patty and I say this a lot, like you're our people. Um, this is why we're doing this and we enjoy sharing actually what we're doing. And so we're going to have Patty on as a more recurring guest because I think there's some really interesting things that people would love to hear about that we can help with. So we'll we'll bring there's a ton of things uh, we can go into deeper. And but you don't guess, want me and Kenji talking about you do not because our well, you, you, everyone who listens, they know our process. There is no processes. Well I, I appreciate you allowing me to be on the Matthew and Kenji show. <laughs> <laughs> it is usually just us again. I think people trust me, our audience appreciates it appreciates it more than than you do, Patty. They're like, oh please give me some real information I can do something with. And so we'll, we'll do more of that, but um, give a little bit of like a, I know you're speaking on this at accounting salon um, and this is a tough one. Cause this could be a whole second podcast episode. And it might be at some point. So it's like, we, when we find the right tech and we've talked about this process street, 
Airtable, we mentioned Salesforce, Zapier, um, with processes, but ultimately we have to get people to actually follow them. And this is chop. This is really difficult at times. Um, maybe talk a little bit about that, like how, again, this could be a whole separate podcast, but what are your thoughts about how to, how to get people to embrace the processes themselves? Well, you know, you know, what's funny is um, Amanda asked me to do this and I was like, okay, okay, cool. You know, how long? She's like an hour and a half. I'm like, I don't think I have enough content for an hour and a half. And then I started putting the slides together. And so she changed it. So I only have to present for an hour. And then I started putting the slides together and I was like, I could totally do this for an hour and a half. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's just so much to say. I, I think I danced around it a little bit earlier. I think the biggest thing to keep in mind when you're building process is know who your audience is. Um, if you're building something for the team, you have to get their feedback. You have to find out what they're actually doing now before you can make it better. You know, it, they're going to have more buy-in if you're having a conversation with them and you're finding out ways that you can make their lives better and easier. And kind of the same thing with the clients. You, you may not be able to talk to them directly, but you can talk to the people who are doing the onboarding if you're building onboarding and say, what do they complain about? You know, what is the biggest frustration? Oh, the length of time it takes to onboard. Okay, well, let's see if we can do something about that. Or, yeah. oh, yeah. 17 people ask me for the same information. Okay, well, let's see what we can do about that. So um, yeah. I, th I think too, just making sure that people will often take the path of least resistance. So you have to build in human nature you cannot make an overly complex system that asks for a lot of superfluous information that's not relevant because people, they know if it's not relevant and it frustrates them and they will skip it. So, you know, you need to, you just need to keep things simple and effective and impactful and fun. Like don't make it super boring. Um, and I think if you're doing all those things for your team, you'll get there. It's it's a I, there's a process to the process too, right? Yes, like, there totally is. Like it's never totally done. Is. I just finished the offboarding process. We had months of feedback. Hey, can you know whatever? And then I just got feedback today, like an hour ago, that said, "Hey, could we like take that and just split it into two processes?" <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> Please no, no, we cannot. We cannot do that. I, I, have a, I have a random question for you. Yeah. So, uh -oh. like, is when you can be a hundred percent focused on processes, is that a challenge also? Because I know, you know, at Catchy Cloud, you talk about actually getting in and being with the clients and doing stuff. Like, how do you balance that? Um, well, when I'm a hundred percent only doing process, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're fair. not. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, sounds fair, like a fair very enough. academic <laughs> mythical. But you aren't doing the client work anymore, though. And so much of the stuff is client work. Yeah. But I, I'm not really building processes right now around client work. I'm really uh, doing a lot of the back office stuff. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah. but I've done yeah. enough of the client work and I've built processes around that, too. Um, the trickiest part is when you've got highly variable services that you're offering how to create a standard process 
for highly variable stuff. Which are referred to internally as Matthew and Kenji specials. <laughs> Some of those are. I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, they're called Matthew specials, and Kenji's kind of stolen my thunder like he does everywhere else, so other places. I do. So. I, like, I like the concept, and I typically do some of the same things. But I heard, I guess the takeaways I heard on that, Patty, were good um, of where um, it is your building processes. Certainly get feedback from whoever is going to be the user of the process. Keep it really clean and simple. It's almost like user interface. It's made, it made me think of very much like developers, people building software, clean, engaging interface, and engaging in the sense that it can be fun and light. It, it doesn't have to be just rigid, robotic, check the box things there too. So those things are good takeaways for sure. Yeah, um, I think just to add to that, Kenji, I yeah. think the big progression that we'll see here is when the business owner owns the process and like feels like it's their process and not like coming out of just Patty's group, right? So what, I think. What do you mean by this business? Yeah, owner? I was gonna ask the same. Uh, as that. So like a like internal business owner, the internal business owner. Internal so like, owner. there's somebody in your ops team that's got to be like, I get that this is the process, but they own it, right? Like this is theirs. They train on it. They believe in it. They they advocate for it. They enforce the policy and stuff enforce like the that. Policy. And, that's what I was the, looking for. So yeah. so like all those things. Like that's the next step, right? In the our evolution is saying, and I'm just kind of seeing that and who those people are for the different processes. You can't you can't be successful if you say your chief process officer does it in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Like this has to be like a collaboration. Mm -hmm. And the chief process officer, like Patty, like if you have a great one drives progress right but once the business owner or the person the user the main advocate for that process or the main beneficiary feels like they own it that's when you go to the next level and i'm seeing the potential for that here yeah. like i feel like we're in phase like we're not in phase one right well like we're i feel like we're advanced a little bit but like i feel like there is a next level we can go to and I'm starting to see glimpses of it with this feedback loop we're doing in Q2. We're like, okay, those people could own these processes and really be like the drivers of change and like use your team as the advocacy, right? Yeah, you're 100% right on that. Um, I think that they're in the, in the initial phase, people are just trying to figure out if they can trust you and the software and like change is hard for everybody. So nobody wants to change and they're all scared of it and they aren't sure what to expect. Once you get past that and they start to see how it's making their lives better, then they're going to be, if you've done it right and you've done it well, you've opened up a, a clear channel of communication where they're not scared to ask for changes and things like that. And you can just make the changes, keep making their lives better, better, better. And they will keep asking for what they need. When they can ask for what they need, then you can prioritize and you can make more processes and make things better. When you get a little bit down the road, then you start running into the challenge of you've made so many processes and made so many things better that people have stopped knowing how to think for themselves. Yeah. They're like, I can't do it because there's not a checklist. It's like, okay, 
<laughs> so that's a definite pitfall that people need to be aware of. Like you can over-engineer things. It's an interesting as well. pitfall. It's almost like when, when people I hear people say, like, okay, well, can you use QuickBooks or Zero? Great, of course I can. Do you know how to actually book a journal entry behind it? Do you actually know how it's working behind the scenes to do the financials? And there's probably a lot of people who don't. And that that can be a pitfall. It's probably a pitfall for accountants. It's probably a huge safety mechanism for a business owner in certain ways, right? To your point, I never considered that, that where at least being aware of what you're doing, they used to call that back when we were in public accounting as auditors, like you can't just follow the work program and just do the same thing. You know, same thing as prior year, you know, same thing as prior year. I was guilty of that, I'm sure, as a young staff person of like thinking through, you know what you're doing, but it's helping you do it so much more efficiently, right? right? That's, that's the, I think the ideal state of a process and where I think that where people get in their head of where it's not just um, how can I, how is Patty or Matthew or Kinji, you know, just making it a better way. Like, how are we all collectively making it better? And if they have, feel like they have voice into that and they can see it play out in their day-to-day work, I think your team members go, oh my gosh, I've got this amazing asset here at the place I work. And so I think it really behooves firm owners to be thinking in ways like, yep, yeah, build good processes, not just to kind of keep people under your thumb or compliance oriented. Yes, you need some of that, but also your team will appreciate it when it really helps improve their lives. And I think that's yeah. when we think about the next generation of where this goes is like, oh, this is great. I can I can check out of work. I can stop my day and not have my head so do, do, do I remember everything? Did I forget something? Oh my gosh. No, you didn't. Pick it back up tomorrow. When you pick it back up or whenever you come back, guess what? We've got exactly where you were in your workflow. You can pick it right back up there when you come off vacation and you can rock and roll and go. Yep. And that, I think that's a that's a beautiful thing for for people to have in the profession. So, yeah. Um, all right. I hope everyone's stoked about recurring guests here. The amazing process queen, CPO, chief process officer Patty is going to be joining us on a more regular basis. I'd encourage everyone. Yeah, drop us some comments. Drop us some you know, questions you might have about process and we can kind of funnel up the patty so we address them on the next episode. But as we always do before we leave, let's rate some beers. Um, I've got mine pulled up here. And I don't know if it was just like the, uh, just how invigorated I was by the conversation or the beer was really good. I think it was a little bit of everything. I love this. I love this IPA. I'm giving it a 475. I really, really like this one. Thanks, Randy, for sending this. This is a great one. Blew right through it. Uh, heavy IPA there. Um, it was it was awesome. Uh, Matthew, you had the Ublon um, Schuf. We've already rated this one. I don't. I, yeah, I, and, I, I, and like for an IPA, like I I I, I kind of want to bump it up a notch. Give so me. like I'm I'm gonna go to straight four stars on this one. Okay, four stars. Okay, it's right there. And That's um, pr- pretty nice one. This one. This, okay, and then Patty had the little. little there it is. A little, a little something. 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 Little something, something. Rate it whatever you want, Patty. It's one to five in quarter scale increments. You know how it works. Yep. I I was gonna say four and a quarter. One and a quarter. Yep. There That's we go. Nice Perfect. Um cheers to you, my friends. It's great having you, Patty. We love you for so many reasons, not just process, but yes, all those things. Matthew, do you still have some left? Are you all done? Patty, I'm done. Have a little bit left. I'm done. Matthew, Matthew's done. Uh, but again, 
like, subscribe, all the things, but most importantly, shoot us some feedback. Let us know what you'd love us to talk about, especially as it comes to processes. And we're happy to share things we're doing. You'll be amazed at some of the things that Patty's doing, and I hope it helps your firm. So join us next time on Drink While You Think. Thanks, everybody.